Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Good evening, and welcome to another installment of Tis the Podcast, the audio program that strives to bring you holiday cheer all year, every year. I'm one of your presenters this evening, Anthony Caruso, and joining me as usual are... What do I? Julia Colburn. This is weird. This is Thomas W. Crow, the first... I don't know. You got to keep life interesting, change Thank things up Thank you for joining us. With quarantine and everything, you know, this is the little things we can do to keep life interesting. Change the intro of, of our podcast every now and then. <laughs> and I can't even get through with a straight face because like three words differentiate and you two throw me looks that just make me laugh. our intro is like a nice warm blanket i'm used to snuggling up with every week and i know one day i just want to like really jar our listeners and change like the intro music for a week without telling them and just when they put it on it's just completely different (laughs) oh anthony that's funny how were your weeks guys and girls men and women you all there's only one of each of us, so it would be man and woman responding to your question. Actually, there's someone over your shoulder, and there's a whole host of people over my shoulder. So, I don't anticipate any of them are cognizant in any way. <laughs> Who knows nowadays with AI? My week was good. It has been exceptionally cold and snowy here in Oklahoma, which is bonkers. And in Tom and I's hometown, Houston. It's been very cold there as well. I don't know about you, Tom, but do you have lots of friends back home that are like, what is happening outside? The world is ending. I do. Um, actually, I was on the phone with my mother earlier today, and her pipe burst and flooded multiple Ooh. rooms in her house. Oh, man. I'm a change. Had she been out of power? Um, she did have to turn off all of the power to maintain safety within her domicile. That's bad. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like the day after tomorrow out there. Julia's favorite movie. Just not as entertaining. I know Jake Gyllenhaal. That's funny, Julia. That's funny. You stop it with the NPR business. (laughs) It was 55 degrees here today, which is nice. That is about 60 degrees warmer than it was this morning here. Yes, I know. I do follow the national news. We're making national news for something that's not embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> Just for the weather. Oh, your state's not embarrassing in the way they're handling it. Yeah, well, you know, what do you do? <laughs> but I'm ready for spring. Once Christmas is over, mm-hmm. I'm done with the dark days and snow. Bring me September, fall, and winter through the new year, and then I'm ready for spring. I am I'm... not. I am. 
when we hit spring, I anticipate the 100 plus degrees weather with extreme humidity that is so prevalent in this part of the country. Yeah, well, I can't wait. To it, <laughs> this year I am anyway. I mean, it's nice when during lockdowns and stuff, you kind of need the outside to be nice. How was your week, Anthony? It's a week. Yeah, it's what it is. Oh. Uh, it's only balling me the one day. It's been freezing every other day. It's supposed to snow more this weekend. So, guess what we're getting is coming your way. Uh, who knows? Sure, maybe. Is that how weather maybe. works? Who knows? Um, who knows? I believe we're supposed to be getting more snow this evening and into tomorrow. Yes, and I wonder if that will just make its way on up to New York and visit you. We shall see. WandaVision was good this week. <gasps> It's almost Friday. I'm so excited for Fridays now. Not even because they're Fridays, just because it's WandaVision Day. Uh, I'm primarily still excited for Fridays because they're Fridays and I get a break from the madness. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm excited for WandaVision. And Fridays Tim, don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> Tim Burton's Batman Returns is getting an official sequel in comic book form, which is exciting. Okay, is that what that post was? That mm-hmm. Okay. Same with Got Richard it. Donner's Superman. It's getting an official sequel in yes. comic book form. So, what you're saying is it's a good time for Julia to get into comic books, aside from just the one that we're going to be covering on Patreon. Like, I would really immerse myself. Always a good time to get into comic books. Always a good time to get into comic books. So, Tom, you will appreciate this. I have started listening to an audiobook again because it's been a minute since I've listened to audiobooks. And so I've picked up Mistborn because I bought it at your behest and then never started it. And I'm like, I need something to read. Fantasy sounds good. And so I started it and I'm loving it. I'm not that far into it. I'm loving it. Oh, you have such a wild ride ahead of you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I'm sure that I do. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that trying to really limit the amount of time I have a bone in my hand and I'm filling that time with crochet and audiobooks. That is epic. <laughs> after Mistborn, you gotta listen to the Dresden Files. No, we'll have to after Mistborn comes the story. Oh, there's like archive. 15 more. Yeah. There are it's six. It's a series, right? Yes, Mistborn era one and two are complete. No, so I mean, like, once she finishes a series. No, then you move on to Warbreaker. And once you finish Warbreaker, then you can move on to the Stormlight Archives. And then after that, you're, like, 70, so. <laughs> after Mistborn, do the Dresden Files, Julia. Okay. The Dresden Files do not compete with Stormlight Archives. I know they're better. <gasps> oh, snap. Look at Tom's face. Sometimes I do wish we could. Devil eyes. Sometimes I do wish we had video. I will cut you. That's what he just said. I will cut you. I can't make that joke. Ellie thought I was serious and worried for two days that I was going to cut my mother. Oh, dear. I love that you say that to your mother, that you will cut her. (laughs) I do. Mom, I will cut you. I will cut you so bad you wish I didn't cut you. Oh, Ellie, bless her. I'm loving so the stuff that she's going to grow up saying. Uh, she's five now, right, Tom? By the time the storms? She is. Her birthday has come and has gone. How was mm. it? 
Uh, it was great, thanks to the good friends that chimed in and sent videos wishing her a happy birthday. Big year. Big year a five. She's a whole hand. Halfway to double digits, Tom. I know. How's that make you feel? I don't think. Isn't this year your 40th? Right now. Isn't this year your 40th or are you 40 already? It is no, I'm not 40 yet. Okay. 40 yet? How mean. Okay. I just knew it was coming up then. I knew it was coming up. 40 years old. Whew. Big one. Gotta have a big celebration of the podcast. I'm gonna to try to write it write it right underneath the radar. No, I, you know I can't allow that to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> not as many ageist jokes as you toss around on the podcast. I haven't I made Cross the big forty. Ageist joke in a long time. <laughs> I hardly do them anymore. It's true. Is it because you hear the impending toll of your own bells coming? That's partly the, the reason. And then I feel heartened to know that no matter what bells toll for me, they are nowhere near the amount of bells tolling for both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are actually near the number. They're not that far. I know they're not that far. Let oh, that's this, um, so Let me have this. I'm considered the worst elf. Just let me have my age. It is. <laughs> that is a verifiable fact. Anthony is the worst elf. That's not a verifiable fact. Mm. Hot dog even said you're on the way down again because of your <laughs> egregious, egregious comments about mixed notes. Yeah, you lost some points with that one for sure. I am okay with that. <laughs> Anthony, you and I lost points with Tom for that one, I'm pretty sure. And I'm okay with that. Every, every day. <laughs> if we did a study of what episodes I'm on the opposite side of Tom, I'm okay with almost all of them. Because I know I'm correct. And I know most of the time, most of the time, Rotten Tomatoes is on my side. And here I am plugging Rotten Tomatoes, which the I hate. The beacon again. of truth. <laughs> again. It's, just, it's a sad state. While we are talking about age and time going by um did you all see the adam sandler celebration of the 25th anniversary of happy gilmore yes i saw that i saw it before hot dog tagged me on discord to troll me oh did he that's very nice of him (laughs) was it on the television or was it on the internets no i totally missed it it was a tweet he released it's a little 20 second video he released from the golf course very nice in fairness happy gilmore is one of the adam sandler movies i like it's in the main discord feed julia is it because you like bob barker so much no it's because i actually found that movie very funny oh that is shocking it is shocking it's not even my close to favorite adam sandler movie it's one of the only good adam sandler movies so i'm sorry 51st dates Spanglish. Spanglish, way better. The Wedding Singer? Way better. I can't can't argue with The Wedding Singer. It's one of his good ones. You got me there, Tom. I can't believe that's the Adam Sandler you like. That's That's like... The best That's like Adam, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler. Uh, not The Wedding Singer. Um, Happy Gilmore is like... The There's Adam something Sandler about his hate. rage in that movie that I resonate 
that I resonate to you. <laughs> that is the angriest Adam Sandler for absolute sure. So that actually makes sense. It, it all makes sense now that that would be the plus you've got angry Bob Barker. You just, there's a lot of angry people in that movie. I just can't believe you don't like Waterboy. Makes sense. Oh my God. It's because I hate the woman who plays his mom in that movie too. That has no Happy Bates. Oh, you just don't like her character in that movie. Yes. Not that you the, don't like I, Kathy I love Kathy Bates. I don't like her character in that movie. Oh, she's so funny in that movie. <laughs> Kathy bedtime Bates' stories? filmography. No. Bedtime stories is okay. I don't like bedtime stories. Not one of my favorites, but I'll watch Airheads? it. Airheads? Nope. I've never seen Airheads. Paul Blart Mall Cop? Was he in that? He was. I, I didn't <laughs> hate Paul Blart Mall Cop. Have you seen Kevin James's new TV show he has out where he worked no, on a NASCAR pit crew. I don't no. want to. And he's 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 shaved his head. Why? Why if there's one thing that? I've learned, it's when there are people in some form of entertainment and they shave their heads, their the quality that they bring to their creative endeavors decreases dramatically. Like Samson. <laughs> they realize they're here with their power. Hmm. You're not going to take the bait, Anthony? You're not going to take it? I'm not going to take it. <laughs> I just but want I you to know I had it dangling there for you. That's well, I'm said. not sure that Kevin the James you took. <laughs> shaved his head in a drunken stupor or not. I just figured it was... All I know is we may not want to watch that show, but if it goes on long enough and gets a few Christmas episodes, we may be forced to watch that show. Did you know that on Adam Sandler's IMDb, his height is listed as five feet, nine and three quarter inches? <laughs> really? Yeah. If his height is five feet, nine and three quarter inches, his shorts he wears in most of his movies are four feet, nine and three quarter inches. Oh my God. The guy wears the longest basketball shorts. It's a like guy a slob. He's a slob. <laughs> I Man. love the grown-ups movies. They make me laugh, but all I have a real hard oh. time getting past the basketball shorts being down to his ankles. Is there an age at which men are too old to wear basketball shorts or cargo shorts in public? You've passed it. Oh, I have, I have definitely passed it. I agree. I now wear cutoffs and only cutoff at all times. I like to anger management. I liked that one. Oh, sure. What is it with you and I anger? Mean, anger's in the title. <laughs> no, I just found that one very funny. Jack Nicholson was gold in that movie. Anthony can relate to, angry Anthony can relate to it. And I gave you a great segue that you also did not take. Want to set me up again? I said, I realize I'm too old for cargo shorts or basketball shorts in public now, but I'm never going to be too old to wear my cutoffs. Speaking of cutoffs, tonight we are kicking off television month little over a month julia's respite from the list by covering the christmas episodes of the 2003 comedy arrested development now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together it's arrested development so Let's run through the credits very quickly. 
Arrested Development is an American television sitcom that originally aired on the Fox Network from November 2nd, 2003 to February 10th, 2006, before being revived by Netflix for a fourth season in 2013 and a fifth season in 2018. On too soon. Never forget. It was created by Mitchell Hurwitz, an American television writer, producer, and actor. He also co-created The Ellen Show and was a contributor to The John Larroquette Show and The Golden Girls. So this guy has some big stuff under his belt. That's what she said. <laughs> Julia, Star this is a family podcast. Don't be dirty. I'm, gonna, I'm disappointed that you're not basking in your virginity with me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so <laughs> this show has quite a large ensemble cast. Some of, whom we've covered, some of whom we've covered before. Playing our main character, Michael Bluth, the same son, is Jason Bateman, who we have covered in Office Christmas Party. Mm-hmm. Playing his son, George Michael Bluth, is Michael Sarah, a young Michael Sarah who still looks like Michael Sarah nowadays because he's one of those people who never <laughs> ages either. He's so um, young. So young. I don't believe we've covered him before, have we? I also I do not believe that we have covered him before. Yeah, I don't think so. So Michael Sarah, uh, he's in quite a lot of stuff. He was in Superbad, Juno, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Paper Heart, Year One, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, This is the End, A Very Murray Christmas. We did cover him before, so we can Aww. move on. Oh, we did. See, I said we should just not do that part. <laughs> he also played multiple characters, my favorite being Andrew Jackson in Drunk History. Playing the patriarch. Wait, there is more that we can add that he is doing. He's What's playing Dick Grayson. Now? He's what? playing Dick Grayson in Lego Batman Movie 2. He's playing. <gasps> That's getting a sequel. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. It's coming out next year. Voice. I loved Robin. the first one. And he's yeah. <laughs> I loved the first one with Baltimore and then all those villains they released from the Phantom <laughs> <Random> Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Playing the patriarch of our family, who is in jail. George Bluth Sr. is Jeffrey Tambor. We've covered him before in the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm. Moving right along, his drunken wife, Lucille Bluth is jessica walter she's been in loads of stuff she was actually married to rachel's dad from friends in real life before he passed away and they just look like a couple to me like when you saw them together they played the same type of roles yeah i could see that um she's known for appearing in the films play misty for me grand prix and the group uh she (laughs) provides the voice of mallory archer who is exactly the same character as lucille bluth just an animation on the fx animated show archer yeah (laughs) How funny. Have y'all watched that show at home with Amy Sedaris? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm disappointed in that show. She and Michael Sarah both had appearances on that. Um, I was too. It got old pretty quick. But you think about Amy Sedaris and it's kind of what you would expect. That's true. <laughs> uh, she did the voice of Fran on the series Dinosaurs, which I had no idea about. Oh, wow. So she's been in quite a lot. Not the uh, mama. Not the mama. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Big purple eyes. I'm very cuddly. That just hit Disney. Did that show. 
I love that show. Anything yeah. Muppets I love. Not my Muppets. Christine Play- can't stand that show either. I was not the age, I don't think, for that show. Is that it? No. Yeah, you were. Prime time. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I don't know. Why does Christine not like it? It's probably she the same reason. It's really like obnoxious. It. That's it. I mean, it still That's has exactly the darkest finale like ever, along with Alf. I mean, they went extinct in the end. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, they're dinosaurs. What's going to happen? They can't say they were happily ever after. And a family comedy. And before the extinction event. I don't know. <laughs> Playing Michael's twin sister, Lindsay Bluth Funke, is Portia de Rossi. Uh, Ellen's wife. And she is best known for starring as Nellie Porter in Alec McBeal. She was in Scandal. She was in Nip Tuck, Better Off Ted. She was in Scream 2. She's done voices on Family Guy. Have to mention that for one of our hosts. She had a role on Doc McStuffins, Santa Clarita Diet. She played Lily Munster in Mockingbird Lane. So she's been in a lot. Playing her husband, who there's a question within the family whether or not he's straight or not. Tobias Funke is David Cross. <laughs> David Cross is American, an American stand-up comedian, actor, director, writer. He had his own sketch comedy show on HBO called Mr. Show. He starred, wrote, and produced The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. He had a prominent role in Freak Show. He's appeared on Modern Family. He was in the Alvin and the Chipmunks CGI films. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Archer. He he had lead voice roles in the Kung Fu Panda films. He was in Megamind, Next Gen. Won a bunch of- Who is he in Kung Fu Panda? Crane. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, this guy has a lot of Emmys to his name, Satellite Awards, Screen Actor Guild Awards, Grammy Awards. He has a lot to his name. Reason for that is he's stinking hilarious. Yeah, he is. (laughs) He's also married to Amber Tamblyn, which one of those couples, I'll never Uh, understand how he got someone so cutie McCutie. About that. It's probably his sense of humor. Because he's funny. Yep. You know, she's like 20 years his junior, right? What? Oh, Amber Tamblyn. Yeah, I knew that. She legit is, or she looks like she is? Um, no, she's legit. She's, legit. Like, she, he, she's younger than us, and he was born the same year as my mom. Lord have mercy. Playing Lindsay and Tobias's daughter, maybe Fumke, is Aaliyah Shockett. She is known for her roles as Hannah Rayburn in The State of Grace. She was in the horror comedy film, The Final Girls. She was in the HBO Max comedy series, Search Party. She's guest starred as Alex, she played Alexander Hamilton, Francis Cleveland, and Virginia (laughs) Hall in Drunk History. She's guest starred on one of my favorite shows, Broad City. She's on Transparent, Robot Chicken. She did a voice on Adventure Time. She was on The League, Veronica Mars, Jag. She's, she was in Pee-wee's Big Holiday back in 2016. Wow. Playing the youngest brother, Buster Bluth, is Tony Hale, who we've covered before on the Veep episode. Playing the third brother, Gob. Job. <laughs> yeah, Gob. George Oscar Bluth, a.k.a. Job, a.k.a. Gob, is Will Arnett we have not covered before. He has gotten all kinds of acclaim for Bojack Horseman on Netflix, doing the voice of the character. He was in Blades of Glory, Hot Rod, When in Rome. He was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle remakes. He played Devin Banks in 30 Rock. He's done voices in Ice Age, The Meltdown, Ratatouille, Horton Hears a Who, Monsters vs. Aliens, Despicable Me, The Nut Job. He does Batman in the Batman Lego movie, speaking of... 
He's he does Batman. a really, really good Batman voice. Yeah, oh, he yeah. He's my and Batman voice. He, oh my God, so funny. When he's sitting alone in that mansion, they're playing, one is the loneliest number. And he's just sitting there eating lobster tails alone, <laughs> talking to the TV. <laughs> he, was so in, he was in the show, The Incredibly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret with David Cross. He was in, a, he was the dad in a series of unfortunate events. Series. Oh, he was. He he was he was, and he was married to Amy Poehler too. That's right. Perhaps his greatest achievement. And I would well, go for. Probably uh, not. I would. Probably not I because wouldn't. he failed at it. Well, I'm sorry. It's a big deal to be married to Amy Poehler, and if he couldn't hack it, I'm still going to give him points for trying. I would marry Amy Poehler. Playing Barry Suckercorn, the Bluths' incompetent lawyer is. Henry Winkler, who I know we've talked about multiple times on the show, but I can't believe we have not covered him. We haven't? Gosh, I don't think we have. Best known for playing Arthur Fonzarelli, aka the Fonz, Fonzie on Happy Days. He was in the show Children's Hospital. He was Dr. Saperstein on Parks and Rec. He was in Royal Pains. He was in the dark comedy, HBO comedy, Barry. He was in Waterboy. (laughs) He was the principal in Screams and Scream and got killed. He was in Click, another Adam Sandler's movie, as his father. Man, he's in a lot of crappy movies with that whole group. Here Comes the Boom in 2012. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, the Disney TV show, the animated one. Yeah. He's Uh, he's done a lot of made-for-TV Christmas movies, so we'll cover him eventually. We will. We will. He's part of my, possibly my favorite running joke on Arrested Development. He gets replaced for a younger attorney, Bob Bob Law. Bob Law. Law. They they bring in Scott Baio, a.k.a. Chachi, to replace him, just like on Happy Days. Gosh, that's funny. Back Back before we dislike Chachi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our last main cast member who should get mentioned, it's her own shout out, is Lucille Bluth's friend slash frenemy, Lucille Ostero, aka Lucille 2, played by Liza Minnelli. And Liza Minnelli has been in a million different things. And I feel like she's somebody we've 37. About as well. Only 37 things. That's not that many. It's probably less Adam Sandler. You know, you know what? She's not a treasure either. So I don't, <laughs> I can understand that. Um, I think we should also cover Oscar Bluth. Oscar Bluth is George Bluth's twin, hippie twin, played by, also played by Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> Ron Howard is the voice of our narrator, which was an accidental role. He was filling in on the pilot, but his voice worked so well, they cast him. Same with David Cross and Jeffrey Tambor. They were never intended to be regulars, just appear every few episodes, but they tested so well with audiences that they became regulars in the show. <laughs> also, Will Arnett beat out finalist Rain Wilson for the part of Job. Wow. Interesting. I can't even picture Rain Wilson in that role now. I don't think so. anybody does snobby quite like Will Arnett does snobby. So Arrested Development, I mean, the premise is right there in its little opening. Uh, it's in its little intro every episode. It's a wealthy family, lost everything. Just George Bluth cre- uh, commits a crime. Gets arrested, and uh, the one son who wants nothing to do with his family, Michael, is the only one business savvy enough to keep them all together and to keep their company afloat and try to get their dad out of jail. And that's 
essentially the plot. And you have all these threads throughout, like George Michael crushing on his cousin, maybe. (laughs) And Tobias may or may not be gay, but either way, Lindsay's miserable in that marriage and (laughs) wants another man. And and you deal with uh, Buster's mommy issues throughout. and And him losing his hand to a loose seal. To a loose seal, yes. <laughs> I guess a hook in return. And it's such a tightly written show comedy for a comedy. It's like so intricately plotted. Like all these things come back. All these little throwaway lines come back and become major things in future episodes. Which is part of what I did not like about the Netflix seasons. It was very disjoined. Mm-hmm. When you're watching season, you'll be watching like season four, episode three, and they'll make a reference to season one, episode two, just like Anthony said, just some small throwaway line gets brought back up and it's, it's so good. So Tom, why don't you start us off? What is your history with this show? Um, I did not watch it when it first came out. I had a friend who got me into it after a few seasons and I fell in love with it and I've seen it multiple times. And it's not one of those shows that I can just pick up, turn on an episode anywhere in the series, and I'm happy with it. Anywhere in those first three series, right? Yeah, anywhere in the first three seasons. Yeah, not season four. The original. Yeah. Julia? Um, I have no history with this movie. Like, I'm always aware of it. I'm pretty sure it won awards and stuff, right? Because I remember hearing about Arrested Development, but never watching it. So today was the first time I had watched any part of it. Tom, I'm with you. I did not watch it when it first aired. I watched it after it ended those first three seasons. Um, fell in love with it. Could watch it a million times. Could pick it up any episode and be happy. And uh, I did when my, we were watching, when uh, I watched these episodes for the show, I just watched on from that first Christmas one and finished those first three seasons because they're quick watches. Only Are you ready two- to jump into season one, episode seven? Season one, episode seven, In God We Trust, the first of two Christmas episodes the show did. So Before this episode- we jump in, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Julia, did this episode do it for you? Did it get the you excited about the show? The show doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't like this show. <laughs> At least my experience with these two episodes- does not make me want to watch any more episodes of the show. Wow, okay. How come? I don't like any of the characters. They're all dirtbags. Michael's not a dirtbag. He's kind of a dirtbag. He's the least dirtbaggy of all of them. That's, you watch, that's Bateman, watch, right? If you watch the whole show, there are really two main characters, from the, or two of the uh, kids aside. Um, Buster and Michael are, are not dirtbags. They're the good members of the family. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just wasn't. I don't know. I didn't like it. Did make me laugh really. Was very surprised because I thought that it would. And maybe it's because I'm picking something up. What'd you say was the seventh seventh episode of the first season? Yes. Sixth, seventh. I have no history with it at all. So it's like I'm being dropped into an environment and learning the characters for the first time, seven episodes in. And that probably puts me at a disadvantage, right? I believe it probably does. So I could see that being a very real possibility. And I would be willing for you guys alone to try and establish some kind of love for this show by watching the first six episodes and see if that seventh one gets funnier. But I would give it, I would say you'll know probably by episode three if you like it or not. Okay, that's fair. I knew you wouldn't like it when I was rewatching it because I was like, <laughs> none of these are like, see, I liked it because they're all dirtbags and because I know right. like a lot of one percent type families are like this, at least the ones I know. So that was yeah. real to me. 
this is more real to me than serendipity last week with oh fate and blah blah blah. This at least felt realistic to me. <laughs> I feel like Futurama is more realistic than serendipity was. Yeah, that's also true. I do too. It's fair. <laughs> it's fair. Tom, I do have a question for you before we go on. Who's your favorite character on the show? Depending on what aspect you mean, as far as a person goes, who makes you laugh the most? Tobias. Me too. Buster. My Mine favorite character, Tobias. though, is Michael. I can relate a lot to Michael. My favorite character is Lucille. That makes sense. I relate to her. She was not my favorite character when I first watched the show, but rewatching it again the other day when I put on the Christmas episode, it's like, I really like her. <laughs> this idea of a is that the mom or is that Portia de Rossi? She's the mom. Okay. The role that Michael fill, fills as the reluctant de facto patriarch is a role that I feel like I have in my family so I can relate to him trying to keep things together and keep peace. See that? Yeah, that's why I li- did not like the Netflix series because they made him a crappier character. They did. Oh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Well, the writing was just poor. Well, it, in their defense, the Netflix show, all of these people have big careers now, right? Jason Bateman's mm-hmm. a lead actor. Uh, David Cross had stuff all the time. Will Arnett was pretty hot when they tried to film this. So they couldn't align the schedules for se- for uh, seasons four or five. So there were a lot of times where, I, I mean, Portia de Rossi. The episode's Jason, just like focused on like one character. An Portia de Rossi. Family. Portia de Rossi and Jason Bateman never appeared in an episode together, for example. Right. So in God We Trust, Tom, do you want to give us a brief synopsis off the top of your head? Because Google is failing me here. So we're coming up to Christmas. And the family wants to get their dad back. He's created very shady dealing, business dealings and is in prison. And they have an, an, an inept attorney, Barry Zuckercorn, who has told them for $20,000, was it? Or $10,000? $20,000. He can get him out of prison for an afternoon on Christmas Eve so they can be a part of the Living Classics pageant, a recreation done in their town of classic works of art. And the blue george senior always the blue family does well the blue family does does the creation of adam and yeah george always plays god and buster always plays adam Uh, and he's buster has decided he's not going to do that this year and that's kind of where we where we set stage right so we're meeting the lawyer uh barry sucker court for the first time and he's Completely inept. Michael wants to fire him and get rid of someone else. Lucille is against it. And much to her surprise, Lindsay is going on with Michael. And this is Lucille's worst nightmare. Her two children getting along, which saps power away from her. So this whole episode, she's being (laughs) very manipulative, like (laughs) playing them against one another. And even though they know what a horrible woman their their mother is, they keep falling for it. Um... Like she tells Lindsay, oh, Michael doesn't respect you because mate probably doesn't respect you because you're, <laughs> you stay home in bed all day and don't raise your, take an act, don't have a job and don't raise your child. His words, not mine. <laughs> and, and like, she'll tell Michael, oh, like, did she get you drunk? Is that why you're paying off her credit card debt? Because she told me that's what she was going to do. And <laughs> she just completely keeps playing them off each other. Buster, meanwhile, <laughs> He does not want to be in the Christmas pageant again for multiple reasons. One, it always makes him nervous. There's one. There's one big reason or one little reason, I should say. (laughs) And it's the cod piece on the Adam suit. And because Lucille Ostero is going to be there, he doesn't want to wear this in front of her. Um, So he convinces George Michael without telling him about the cod piece to be Adam. And he tries on the suit and his cousin maybe walks by, sees him in the suit and says, nice bod, cuz. So that, (laughs) 
that prompts him to keep wearing the suit underneath his clothes because he wants to impress her with his jacked body. Tobias, meanwhile, really wants to be Adam. <laughs> he wants to, he thinks this will be his big acting break. He really wants to be an actor. So he goes to George Michael and asks for the suit. He says, he wants to know if he could be Adam. George Michael doesn't care. He's like, sure. He's like, okay, give me the suit. And George Michael's like, uh, I can't take this off right now. You wouldn't understand why. <laughs> understand why. And then Tobias is like, I'll never understand that you could never be nude. I understand more than you'll never you'll know. Never know. <laughs> and he drops his robe and he's just wearing, it's a scrawny body. And he's just wearing these really short <laughs> cutoff jeans. And apparently he's a never nude, which means he always needs to have these jeans on because he has a fear of being nude. This is as naked as he will get. Including the shower scenes. Including the shower, including with his wife, much to her ire. (laughs) Okay, I got one laugh out of this episode. I don't think that's funny. Do these effectively hide my thunder? Do these effectively hide my thunder? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Maybe not very much. So... (laughs) Lindsay has all this credit card debt, right? And she wants Michael to pay it off. So they get drunk and she confesses to him that Tobias is a never nude, which he drops to Lucille and Lucille uses that against Michael. Like, oh, see, your brother's talking behind your back. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michael hires a new lawyer. Forget his name. Forget the actor. I'm sure we've covered this actor before, though. He's one of these actors you see in everything. Well, yeah, uh, he's Michael, the pitch perfect counterpart. Michael Higgins. To, Michael yeah. Higgins. He is. And, he's uh, so funny. I'll hide behind this couch. <laughs> yeah, he will not let anyone tell a falsehood in his presence. We end up finding, well, when we go to the show where we're going to see everything in all of its greatness, there's the big reveal that they had, tr- that they had tried to bring Barry Zuckercorn and Lucille together for George to see them and become uh, upset. So that they'll force them to fire Barry. But little did they know, the attorney that she's there with is the new attorney that they wanted. And um, he makes a very inappropriate speech about why he's with their mother in front of them. Where he talked he talked about how, you know, the whole thing he's had this entire episode is everything is about professionalism. I have to be, everything is professionalism. And when he's called out for it, he discusses his needs, which is a terrible thing to hear somebody talk about your mother. I would assume. Um, just made me very, very uncomfortable. George is gone because he ta- he hits the road. He tries to, <laughs> to flee. Well, he, he's allowed the chance to flee because then the painting is revealed because George Michael wanted he to hide the tiny cod piece because maybe he's there in the audience and he's uncomfortable showing this off of the audience. He's wearing devices. Never do shorts. And of course, audience reacts horrifically there is no god like he's very and tobias thinks they're mocking him for being a never nude there are dozens of us dozens, dozens! <laughs> and uh god there is literally no god in the painting because george senior <laughs> escapes and tries to run away mm-hmm. and michael ends up bringing him back when he tells well he gets him to go back when he tells him that she that lucille's there with another man Right. When he comes back, he is tasered and attacked by the police. <laughs> and later we see Michael talking with Barry, and he's like, oh, uh, by the way, you're not going to get that bail back. I was way off on that. 
<laughs> oh, and also when the audience is flipping out, this is also when Buster walks in with Lucille too. So he thinks all the shaming and booing is because he's walking in with a much older woman. So he freaks <laughs> he freaks out. Anyway, it all ends with them spending Christmas in jail because George Sr. was taken back to jail. Barry has an inappropriate comment about relationships in conjugal type relationships in jail or forced type relationships in jail. Is everybody um, in here is everybody in here gay? We're just like not not everyone. He says it's never the ones you hope for. George's like, hope. <laughs> and uh, Lucy has this moment with uh, maybe where she's like ranting about how, how all her children hate her, and uh, maybe it's like I don't hate you, Grandma. And there's just nice little moment between them, and yeah, that's essentially. Uh, it's not really nice because because you know, maybe hates them too. Are... Yeah, because ha- maybe, maybe hates maybe, her parents as well. Maybe he's like that'll show them. And her grandmother agrees. That's why they want to do this, to punish <laughs> That's why punish they want their, their relationship, yeah. to punish the family. But they found something to bond over. That's what's important in a family. Is it? Yes. I, I are plan to spend plenty of holidays with family members I would rather not see. But as long as I have that one bonding point, I can get through the day. So I can see why, <laughs> why this is a nice moment between them. And you can't, for the record, you can't blame Maeve for hating her parents because they totally neglect, neglect her. Like, she was packing a suitcase, pretending to pack a giant suitcase to run away. And uh, Tobias is like, can I speak with you for a moment? <laughs> he kicks her out of the room to talk to George Michael instead. And uh, they don't even bring her to Grandma's penthouse at the beginning of the episode. She walks there herself, and then they all leave without, without her well, when she's in the, the bathroom. Tobias says to Lindsay, I thought you... I thought you didn't want her to come. She said, no, I didn't want you to come. <laughs> oh, that makes much more sense. And we forgot to mention this episode. There was a small plot line with Job, who is dating his mother's housekeeper, Marta. And uh, he's suspicious of Michael for trying to learn Spanish. Not because he thinks he's, not because he thinks his brother's into Marta. He thinks his brother is, um, he wants, he's going to flee to South Africa or something, South America, and leave all the family's yeah. crappy yep. crimes and business in his hands. So yeah. So that's in God we trust. And one of the things I really like this is the Christmas music, music played before every commercial break. It, it, did it for me. I liked it. There was Christmas music in this episode? Um, yeah, there was. Oh, man. I it don't was, even remember hearing that. It was so subtle. It was unre- unrecognizable. I didn't even remember I, this or the other episode that we're going to cover as Christmas episodes. During them, I, I know part of the problem is we're filming in Southern California, but nothing felt mm. Christmassy whatsoever. Yeah, didn't feel Christmassy to me. Hey, this this like living artwork thing, I guess is a thing. They did it in Gilmore Girls too, and I thought they made it up for Gilmore Girls. No, this is a big thing in like Richie Richie type communities, which Gilmore so cool. Girls wasn't, but yeah. Right. But I mean it was a bunch of wasps if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But it's I would love to see one of those in real life. I've been to a few. It'd be really interesting. Have you? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yep, they're a big thing among certain communities. Right. And they take them very seriously. So in real life, were someone to wear cutoffs or abandon their painting, they would uh That's a problem. Freak out. By the way, I love the episode of Gilmore Girls. I loved how seriously Kirk took playing Judas, or no, Jesus, and yes. treating the guy who played Judas like he was actually betraying. <laughs> 
Yeah, so good. I love, I love, I love it. it. But yeah, to your point, the music did it for me. I didn't think the music was that subtle. The decorations and the aesthetic was. Besides the Christmas tree at Lucille's house in the background, there was really no Christmas look to the episode. So Tom, do you have any quotes? Uh, I think I went through quotes through the, epi- through the discussion of the episode. Was there a Linus moment? No. I would say this show, you would be hard-pressed to find many Linus moments on this show. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. What, the, the maybe and Lucille? Yeah. Mm. But it's not a Linus moment. The, the motivation there is not in any way altruistic or positive. That did They're it for me. There was genuine affection between the two of them. I didn't see that because they both, uh, it was underlying, and they both say that they're doing it to mess with, the, with everybody else. I don't think that's genuine. It's not genuine because in the next Christmas episode we're about to talk about in just a minute, Lucille doesn't even know who maybe is. <laughs> not genuine. Uh, no one is. Okay. What would you give this one then? And we're only to, doing it comparing it to itself, right? To, to other, itself. To other Arrested Development. So. It doesn't feel, it, it's funny. I like it. It doesn't feel Christmassy. So I'm going to come in at a four. I'm giving it a five. Two. And that gives it a 3.67. So season two, episode six, is the next and only other Christmas episode the show has done called Afternoon Delight. And this one, Job is acting figurehead of the company and he's throwing the annual holiday party for the Bluth company. In typical Job fashion, he doesn't know what to expect or and shows throughout the episode a serious lack of ability to communicate with other human beings. After the company Christmas party fails, due in large part to Job, Michael decides to have a second one at the banana stand. Throughout the episode, we see the family members trying to make one another jealous. Question. Uh, What is the company that has the, so the initial office party, what company is it that they run? The Blues companies. And it's, it's like, like a, a, it's a building development. They build, they're, they're, they build, they building build homes that are solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. Yeah. Okay. What is the banana stand? There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> the banana stand is this thing that they own down at the boardwalk. It sells frozen bananas and it's been in their family for years. And eventually. It was George's first company, right? It's the first thing George did. Yes, and Michael once torched it because he was angry at George, and George freaked out because he always told him there was always money in the banana stand. She's gonna watch it. Don't tell. That reveal was pretty big. You're doing a spoiler, man. And we'll see if see if I make it that far. Okay, so so the banana stand is not their main business, but it is a business of some sort. Yep. Okay, I was I was a little confused that the initial office party supported this franchisee <laughs> fleet of banana stands. And I was like, that's a nice office for a bunch of okay, so okay. What what you're missing is that yeah, they're builders and they had a building contract or a building development that they were working on when George got arrested and they lost all their money. And the home where Michael and George Michael live is the model home that was built quite shoddily <laughs> to sell other homes in the development. Okay. Yep. Of note in this episode, we meet George Michael's girlfriend and her, as I because the family never remembers her. So they're always like her whenever he's whenever he points out his girlfriend is her. <laughs> and then and you recognize second, her, right? Mae Whitman from Parenthood. Mae Whitman from Parenthood. 
But um, this is actually the second actress to play her because they thought it would be funny to recast her because they were always like her because they, she was so oh, plain funny. to the family. So they recast her with the second actress. That's um, funny. So yeah, also of note in this episode, George Michael has, George Bluth has escaped from jail and is living in the attic. <laughs> They're harboring him in the attic of the model home. <laughs> I wondered why he was in the attic. Okay. All right. Got it. So apparently a local holiday tradition in this city in California they live in is for locals to vandalize the banana stand. So Michael always ends up rebuilding the banana stand around Christmas with his son, George Michael. However, this year his son is too busy with his new girlfriend and to ever to even bother helping, which makes Michael upset. His son's outgrowing him. And he won't even come to the company Christmas party with him. So he invites Maybe to go with him, his niece, to spend some quality time with his niece. Because Lindsay has told Maybe, don't show up at the Christmas party. If Lindsay herself is there hitting on men, essentially. Because yeah, she, got like Tobias, she got Tobias to agree to open marriage. While Tobias himself is at home waiting for a call, a return call from the Blue Man Group, who he auditioned for. <laughs> Um, and that's an ongoing thing, I'm assuming, the Blue Man Group thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Okay, cool. Meanwhile, Lucille is very stressed because Buster has joined the army. So she's a whole alone in the penthouse and she has no one except Oscar, who has started his 420, his annual 420 walk. <laughs> I love when she calls. George, Michael's in the attic with George Sr. And he hears his wife yelling and she, he's like, she must not be getting any from Oscar. <laughs> Really funny to me. But uh, Michael assures Lucille he'll come, he goes to her house to find it quote unquote broken into, but really Lucille had thrown something out, threw something out of the window, broke out to make it look like somebody was breaking in. And he, he just knows she's lonely. Buster's in the army. Anyang, the little. Anyang. <laughs> Uh, the little Asian boy she adopted, so not to be lonely, she sent off to boarding school. <laughs> He's so awful. <laughs> and uh, Oscar's on his walk, He's, <laughs> which has never made it past a mile. He's never pay, made it past QC or mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael goes to rebuild the banana stand alone. He's joined by Maybe. The two of them go to the company party, which Joe well, stole did you- all the booze for. for. <laughs> from Lucille's house so he wouldn't have to pay for it which is hilarious because when Lucille shows up she's like thank god they have my preferred vodka here or whatever she says <laughs> thank god they uh, have my brands thank god they have my brands <laughs> such a rich person thing to say the use of Anyang is really funny they continually call this kid Anyang and every time they say his name he says Anyang back to them but they don't realize it's a Filipino for hello he tells them hello and they assume that's his name so they're going around calling him hello all the time. Oh my gosh. And Anyan actually has a pretty big role to play in the finale. He does. Of the original three series seasons. Yep. When we thought the show was ending. So when the show did end for a while. But anyway, <laughs> my, so Michael maybe show up to the Christmas party where Job is walking around bragging about his like $6,000, $2,600 pants and, and bragging about what great boss he is. And, um, he, he forces somebody to give a speech in his honor. And the guy, knowing how temperamental Job is, 
tries to be like nice and complimentary to him. Like you'll never meet a funnier guy and every compliment he just gets laughed at by the company. Because it's usually a roast. Yeah. Right. Right. Because the dad could handle the roast. (laughs) It's a roast, not a toast. Such a Michael Scott (laughs) moment because Michael Scott would totally do something like that. Well, he did. He did the roast to think he could handle it and nope. (laughs) But um, George Michael shows up to the Christmas party. Because Anne's house got a little too freaky for him. <laughs> too scary for him. Creepy. Creepy for him. They, because her, her uh, family is very, very culty religious. Yeah. And uh, he's jealous when he sees his father and maybe get along. Because while they're talking, maybe comes up and says, they have a karaoke machine. <laughs> and, and Michael says, yeah, put on the first song. Whatever's there, let's do it. So... Lindsay gets annoyed as well that her daughter's hanging out with Michael. So she and George Michael leave together to make the two of them jealous. Not in time. They, they leave just before seeing Michael and maybe <laughs> Michael and baby's karaoke go awry because they are singing afternoon delight, not realizing. Uh, I remember when I first saw this episode, I had no clue that song was as dirty as it is. Well, Ron Howard, as a narrator, had a great line while they're out there singing. He said, had George Michael and Lindsay stayed, they might have discovered what Michael and maybe did. That afternoon delight was more adult themed than its innocent melody would have you believe. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And and it's just so funny because they're up there and maybe is halfway through her line singing the thought of rubbing you is getting so excited and you just see michael do this double, double take and quickly shut the well <laughs> <laughs> his face that was <laughs> funny their staff just looks disgusting staff <laughs> looks horrifying <laughs> rightfully so yeah and he quickly shuts the karaoke machine and steps off stage and maybe he's like i'll come with you no no you stay here (laughs) which rightfully so because i mean imagine you're at a company party and one of the boss man gets up there with his niece and starts singing afternoon delays underage niece (laughs) let's let's not forget she's still she and george michael are minors meanwhile at home why did michael call home he will he calls to leave Tobias a message. But the caller ID, instead of reading the Bluth company, only reads blue, B-L-U. So Tobias, oh, right. Tobias is in the shower and he comes out and sees this and he's like, the Blue Man Group. So he starts playing 99 messages that have never been erased, doing his blue <laughs> makeup and everything. And he's just about done when he gets to 99. Hey, Tobias, it's Michael. And he's like, the Bluth Company. <sighs> he, like, he looks so dejected in front of the mirror. Well, uh, well, it was funny that like 98 of the 99 messages were his mom. Hey, it's Easter. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Hey, it's Christmas. <laughs> he never listened to them. <laughs> so the paint actually does gives him some kind of like infection in the ear or whatever. He ends up wearing. <laughs> he can't. He ends up wearing a bandage on his ear. Can't hear properly. <laughs> properly and tobias being tobias his whole stick on this show is he does not realize how bad certain things sound out loud so like when michael comes home he's like i blew myself michael (laughs) because he painted himself blue (laughs) you say that's a recurring thing with him oh yes okay yes okay well, he he's also an analyst and a therapist. So, so a nalrapist. Yeah, his his business card. He combined the words to say analrapist. 
spelt oh, exactly Lord. how you would think it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> when he hands his card, when he hands his card to Michael, he's like, "Oh, uh, it's pronounced. It's it's. Oh, I see the concern. No, it's it's pronounced an hour person. He's like, I'm or, I'm not concerned with how it's pronounced." <laughs> so meanwhile, Lucille is like freaking out. So Michael thinks if he can go get bring uh, Oscar home, you know, it'll calm her nerves. So he where goes, is Oscar though? Wait, oh, Oscar's the uncle, right? Oscar's the uncle. Yeah. I was thinking the kid that's obsessed with the claw. <laughs> oh, Buster! So yes, Buster sorry. never these showed my, up to the these army. are my awards. These are my awards from the army. <laughs> He's been up play obsessively playing a claw, a claw machine, and he won a seal, which is foreshadowing for a future episode. But but um, so Michael goes sets out to find Oscar, who's like right by the gas station. He's made it probably about 50 meters from the start. And he's high out of his mind on a specific strand of cannabis called Afternoon Delight. And, and it's funny because, he, my, of course, there's miscommunication here too because um, Oscar's like, maybe I can give Lucille some Afternoon Delight. And Michael's like, hey, I don't need to hear the details about how you cheer her up, how you make her feel better. And he's like, so but how? Yeah, and he says... But how can I give it to her? Maybe I'll inject it in her brownie. Hey, that's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Oscar goes home. Lucille gets high. The Christmas party moves to the banana stand. And here, Lindsay and George Michael repeat the same mistake that same song. Michael, and, Michael and Maybe did. Karaoke, they sing Afternoon Delight. Um, Job shows up in the family's banana suit, and then Lucille shows up driving high. First, she runs over Tobias, and then she <laughs> and she pins Job to the banana stand, and he, she's he's stuck. He can't get out. So Buster has his hero move, moment. He's like, "I'm coming, brother!" And he runs over to a crane <laughs> and lifts up Job in the banana. Um, unfortunately, Job's not wearing pins, so everyone's pointing up at him and laughing. But he's like, they're laughing with me! And he's so happy. He thinks they're laughing with him, not at him. And uh, as good as Buster is picking up with the crane, he's not good at releasing. <laughs> dropping him into the ocean. Um, and then, you know, we get this sweet moment between Michael and George. Michael, apologize. Uh, Michael apologizes to him trying to make him jealous. George Michael apologized for not spending enough time. And the two sat to reconstruct the banana stand together, as is tradition for both of them. Singing Afternoon Delight, despite the fact it's not the most appropriate song to sing. The most appropriate is terribly inappropriate. So one of the things I like about Arrested Development is on the ne- instead of doing previously on Arrested Development, they do on the next Arrested Development, and usually it's something that doesn't occur at all in the next episode, but I loved in this one. On the next Arrested Development, the Blue Man Group finally calls for Tobias to the life-changing opportunity. Unfortunately, he can't hear it, and he stays at home. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so what did y'all think of this one? This one was hilarious. hilarious to me. I love this one. This one is one of my favorite rest of the film. It doesn't feel Christmassy though. It's no, more it's than the last one because the office party, but it still just doesn't feel like Christmas. Yeah, still doesn't feel like Christmas. I mean, they did. We mentioned this right with like the first or second season of the Office, right, where the office decorations are lacking. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, while that's more realistic, it's not what we want to see in a Christmas television episode. Well, yeah. And I don't, I think that would probably betray the show in general for it to be a very warm and fuzzy feeling Christmas because this show doesn't come across like that to me. Right. Right. I agree. This one did not have the Christmas music that I liked, except at the beginning. No. It had more of a Linus moment in your last one, though. It did. That moment at the end with Michael and George Michael was a very Linus-y moment. Mm-hmm. It was sweet. Do you have quotes? Y'all said the ones I thought were funniest, more or less. That's the problem with shows like this. We do them as they go along, right? Well, that's not wrong. I like that. That feels more organic. <laughs> I like how the, the so, uh, price of the suit continually increases throughout the episode. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I like when Michael goes to Lucille's to check on her. And she's like, Michael, I was almost attacked last night in my own home. I walk in and there's a colored man in my kitchen. And Michael's like, colored? What color was he, mom? What color was he? Blue. And then flashback to Tobias. His blue man get up. Hello, Lucille. And she just beats him over the head with a bat. (laughs) I I liked when... Liked when Michael referred to Anne as Yam. Yeah. He just doesn't even care enough about her name that he called her Yam. So so once again, Tobias is misinterpreting the crowd's anger. So when Lindsay and Michael are George Michael is singing Afternoon Delight, because he's having hard of hearing, he probably doesn't even hear the lyrics, but they're like, <gasps> they're like disgusted by it. And he's like, That's my wife and nephew. We have an open relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did find it funny after Lucille runs over Tobias because he can't hear. He's on the ground. Hey, it's Tobias. Who wants to take me to the hospital? <laughs> it was funny that her car was on the banana peel. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I like the end. Like, rather than rebuild the stand, they're singing, Michael's singing, gonna grab some after. You know, it does not seem like it would be that dirty. And George Michael's like, it is catchy. That's a thing. And like, <laughs> just expressing like what we all feel about that. That's all I have. What would y'all give this one? Four. Come on, a solid four. I think that's a, good, that's a good place for it. Anthony's gonna give it a 9.3. Eight. It oh, loses for no music and no real. I had atmosphere. to cut it. That's you were you were much more generous with that than I was. I cut a lot here. I'm thinking about how much we took off of like. I guess we're not comparing it to, but I'm just looking at how much we took off of Batman Returns. I know. Right? I know. That's I. That's why I can give it higher because I'm not comparing it to that. Batman Returns is like my gold. Okay, what did I give this? Now I can't give it higher than that. But so that it gives us an like average. our rating system is broken. I thought we proved how good our rating system was last week when we realized how close those four movies actually fell to each other and they're not the not. <laughs> so um, that gives us a 5.33. So Afternoon Delight comes in above In God We Trust at 3.6. As it should. As it should. I would say to our listeners, Tom and I love this show in general. So don't be turned off watching the show by those scores because they took the hit that bothers Julia every single week on this podcast. They took the hit for not being very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say Afternoon Delight would probably almost be a solid 10 for me if it was Christmas. If the Christmas didn't affect it. But alas, it does. That's the mental rule I set for myself. 
And Julia's looking at me like, oh, our list, our list, our scoring system. Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> to quote a very non-wise man. It is what it is. So I asked a question on Facebook this week, which kind we can use as our question of the week, y'all, because a few people replied. Ooh, we got good answers on that question. We did get good answers. We did get good answers on that question. So the question was, what are some of your favorite television shows that never did a Christmas episode and thus will never be covered in the main episode of the podcast? So Carrie Brown said, I was going to say how I met your mother, but then I remember they had an excellent Christmas episode. And I think they actually had more than a few. So Betty Brzezinski said, it's Twin Peaks, Star Trek, The Next Generation, What We Do in the Shadows, and his wife said Sex and the City. No. Bridget Oakley said, this is difficult. Even Unsolved Mysteries had Christmas episodes, which we have to cover those then because Unsolved Mysteries is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Claude Belanger said, I always hoped they'd work in an episode around Christmas or Breaking Bad. Could have made for some good television. Never happened. Probably my favorite answer, Christmas Clatter, Todd Killian said, The Walking Dead. That's my favorite answer too. So what about y'all? What would you want to say? Yeah, so that... That was my initial thought as well, was The Walking Dead. And then the other ones I thought of, I think actually did have Christmas ones. Obviously, The X-Files did, and I knew that had one. Um, you know the show Sliders? I'm pretty sure they had a Christmas episode, too. Um, I don't know that show. They, what show is, is that? It lasted for two seasons back when X-Files was on. It had um, Jerry O'Connell. It's where they slid through dimensions to alternate realities. It's a great show. It's on Fox. It's a nice, solid sci-fi fox show i think most of my favorite shows have had christmas episodes so this one this one really for me was just the walking dead how are you tom i want to add new adventures of volkerstein to the mix they never did a christmas episode they did oh if christmas... oh you want to add it to the schedule gotcha i want to add it to the schedule what um oh, things they didn't do for oh i yeah. missed the question now the whole conversation makes more sense. I just missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, the, what I'd want that they didn't do. Yeah. Any favorite shows that did not have Christmas episodes you would like to have seen Christmas Did episodes? Jericho have a Christmas episode? Oh. I'd like to see something like Jericho or Lost where, you know, we're in the yeah. dimension. Lost just completely you know, forgot about Christmas. It's probably for the same reason Anthony and I would like to see a Walking Dead Christmas episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because what brings home, what brings back feelings of normalcy more than Christmas mm-hmm. in settings like The Walking Dead and Jericho? Yeah. Man in the High Tower could do a Christmas episode. Oh. <laughs> the Boys. I'd like to see The Boys. The Boys. Yeah, The Boys. A Christmas episode um, for The Boys. I said, I'm going to see Broad WandaVision. City. I said, Broad City, you're the worst of what we do in the shadows. Although me and Carrie both agreed, Broad City, not a show for y'all. So, like, we're glad <laughs> it doesn't have one for you guys to ruin. <laughs> and I'm hoping what we do in the shadows does eventually do one, because they're still an ongoing show. Oh, and, man. I haven't even watched, watched it, it yet. No, I haven't even watched the show yet. But just based on the movie, I absolutely need to see them in a Christmas setting. Like, 100%. I need to see them get everything absolutely wrong and take it entirely too literally. And it'd just be so funny. Like they did the Super Bowl episode of the show, the superb (laughs) owl and showed up to the Super Bowl party next door, but thinking it was a superb (laughs) owl. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they thought a computer virus, like one of those email chains, send it in ten to ten people, or you'll be cursed. Was a real witch's curse, and like freak out. Oh, and, like, <laughs> so much. That's funny. I would have liked to see more Christmas episodes from X Files or Supernatural, just because there are so many darker Christmas yeah. myths. Both of those shows could yeah. have done. So. Yeah, I mean, especially Supernaturals was so good. They could have done Krampus or something. They could have done Krampus. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Did Hannah finish it? She is in season 11, so not yet. But she spends mm-hmm. most of her <laughs> free time watching episodes. She's not a quitter, that's for sure. We really need to do the Drunk Christmas, Drunk Pot History Christmas episode, too. I won't think about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, Julia, where can people let us know what they thought of these episodes and what TV shows they would have liked to have seen new Christmas episodes? If they want to chime in on any of those conversations, they can do them um, pretty easily. There's one quick location to get to all of your social medias. We have presence on all social media, so Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Facebook group, Instagram, and you can get there super quick and easy by going to tisapodcast.com backslash Put your social media here. Um, I would love anybody that has not had a chance to chime in on that. What needs a Christmas episode conversation to chime in? Um, And then, I mean, questions of the week are a lot of fun for us. And I feel like they're more fun in the non-Burr Christmas months. Um, So if you have some amazing Christmas question like that, um, or even better, then throw it out there. Because we have a lot of people that will want to answer. Another place you could look is you can get involved in our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus content all year long. And supposedly, if you give it $5, there will be pens that will be mailed to you. I've heard that the pens have been mailed uh, like three months ago, and I still don't have one. So maybe you'll have better luck than I will. I don't uh, want to point any fingers or blame. I'm not blaming anybody or pointing any fingers. I would just like to say to the elf who mailed them out, I understand how busy you've been and how frigid the weather has been and you don't like walking in the frigid temperatures and that you did get them in the mail and that the mail, the postal office, the post office has unprecedented delays due to incompetent leadership. Most of those seem to have been worked out by now. I, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to blame anybody, but I will say I've received several packages and uh, pieces of mail with no delays. Just saying. And you want to help the show in a free way. I feel like the elf who designed them is really feeling anxious to see what they look like in person. And if you want to help the show in a free way, leave us a review on iTunes. Every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Um, Also, keep your eyes on your feeds every Thursday this year as well. This uh, for a new chapter of another Christmas story. This past week, Tom read chapter three to y'all, and despite the trolling, Tom actually did a very good job. He, he had a wonderful reading voice. But next week, we start lis- we start getting listeners to read chapters to y'all, so that's exciting. I'm excited to see. Oh, what I'm excited. Do with that. Yeah. Are you going to do a non-shameless plug and read from a listener what he has to say about your special sure. series? Talking about the emailed one. Yeah, the emailed one. The one time I, t- I told Anthony, dude, you never read your email, but you need to read it today. 
Tom told me too. So, oh, so did he say it in the exact same way? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, I love Tom, it so much. Tom, Tom didn't even assume I'd go in. Tom literally just screen capped it and sent it to <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been getting lovely feedback on the book, Instagram, on Instagram, Facebook, but also recently an email from Trevor who wrote, I wanted to leave a quick message for you about the reading of your book, Another Christmas Story. I'm a recent college grad and just started graduate school while working, and I've been really enjoying listening to the Thursday installments of the show on my commute. I stumbled upon the show a few years ago and truly believe I discovered a hidden gem. Aww. I am already really enjoying the book and feel actually interested to see how the characters end up. I just wanted to write you this to let you know you did a great job on this book, and I look forward to the new episodes every week now. Thank you for sharing this with us, and I truly hope it catches on. So... Thanks, Trevor. That was very sweet of you to take the time to let me know that. And thanks for saying the show's a hidden gem. We think so, too. It's so easy to be kind. And I think a lot of times we forget to actually, I don't know, say the words that we think in our heads when we're having good thoughts about people. So I really appreciate when people do that. I do, too. Me, too. And thank y'all for letting me share it on the show. Well, it's so, it was so fun to read. And of course, Julia with the best voice got the most positive feedback of all of us. But Tom's hasn't dropped yet, so he may eclipse her. <laughs> uh, his 50 million voices? Yeah, he's going to eclipse. <gasps> did, you, did you read any part of it in, um, dang it, what's the name of that bear? Zooks? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, man. I, I took it seriously <laughs> for Anthony. <laughs> I appreciate Anthony, that. you should have written a character that could have been voiced in such a way. So that he would have had an excuse to use the voice. Well, originally, <laughs> you two were after, supposed to have chapters swapped, and I gave you, I messed that up, I know. But you were supposed to read that one, Julia, because it's like the mom reading. Talk. Oh, I love it. Oh, I can't wait <laughs> but to listen. Tom got to do the womanly, motherly voice, so I appreciated listening to his voices. <laughs> he does great voices. I'm super excited. He does. You know what else I'm excited about? Next week's episode, we are covering the first three Home Improvement Christmas episodes. Yay! And the week after that, I know Tom's probably the most excited of all of us. We are covering the Community Christmas episodes with special guest star Jerry D. of Those Totally Bad Christmas. so funny, y'all. That is going to be so funny. I'll be curious to see what Julia thinks of those, because that's another one where a lot of them are not very nice people. Ahmed is. I can't Ahmed believe... Is. I can't believe none of our friends have chimed in and wanted to join us on Home Alone, though. That's surprising to me. On Home Alone? Home Improvement. I mean, Home Improvement. Sorry, Home Improvement. Uh, Matt Yurch said he would do Home Improvement or Boy Meets World since they're TGI Friday, like, yeah. crossover. Yeah, he's our expert. So well, I'll reach out to him. Only 7,368 hours left until the big day. That's 307 days. That's 43 weeks. This year's flying. It is flying by. For which I am grateful. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, once we hit Leon Day, it's all downhill. And it really is, yeah. It really is. So do your homework, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night When everything's a little clearer in the light of day And we know the night
is always gonna be here anyway Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight.